Welcome to everybody online, everybody in here. Let's give it up for our online campus. Welcome. You know, we get we we start off. You know, at this hour, there's you know, there's a few that watch live, and then as the week goes on, more and more people watch. It's not uncommon to have two hundred some different people watching service by the end of a week. So people are watching, and they're they're you're a part of us if you watch this at Wednesday night at ten o'clock. Amen. You're one of us. So. This is going to be my favorite message in the whole series. I, I don't know. I, I'm not, I haven't completed the whole series yet. But so far, this is my favorite. Are you ready? If you've got your composition notebooks, I want you to get them out. And if you're a note taker, if you're not, maybe go back later and check it out. But you're going to absolutely love today's message. I, I, I am very, very excited about it. I feel like I, that the Lord's given me some good illustrations and a way to... To point and help us understand who we are. I'm still, I'm still in us trying to figure out who we are. Do you know why? Because we've been living in the kingdom of darkness as slaves to sin. And when you come to the kingdom of God, your mind doesn't sl- uh, switch automatically into understanding who we really are. And the authority we have. You're a king's kid. I'm glad, Rob, that you understand you're a king's kid. I said, we're king's kids. Amen. Some of you say, well, you didn't know my mom and dad. I may not have known your earthly parents, but I know who your heavenly daddy is, and you are a king's kid. I don't see any peasants in here. I see princes and princesses. Oh, man, I'm going to go somewhere. So the title of today's message is this, Riffraff or Royalty? Riffraff or Royalty? If you will, turn in your Bibles to 1 Peter 2.9. And we do have version. We had a little blip in the radar last week. But version is up. If you want the version notes, I want you to pull those up. And uh, we're going to turn to 1 Peter 2 and uh, 9. And we're going to read in one version, just verse 9. And then we're going to read in the, another version, verses 9 through 12. So riffraff or royalty, which would you rather be? Which one do you think God sees you as? Now, if I was to ask you, do you see yourself that way in the mirror all week long? We might not get an overwhelming royalty answer. 1 Peter 2.9, if you're there, shout out amen. Amen. 1 Peter 2.9 says, but you are, ye are. Say, I am. A chosen generation. I'm going to flesh this out today. I'm fired up about it. A royal priesthood. Ooh, there's that word royalty there. (laughs) A holy nation, a peculiar people. Now, peculiar doesn't mean odd. Look to your neighbor and say, are you an oddball? That's not what it means. I'll explain what it means later. That you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So 1 Peter 2, 9 through 12, you'll see it on the overhead, and, and you, you have it in your Bibles, in the NASB, which, by the way, is recognized now as probably the best translated English version uh, Bible that there is. It's the closest to Hebrew and Greek as you're going to find. It stands for New American Standard Bible. It's all uh, many theologians, many wonderful preachers recognize it. it is very closely translated to the actual original Hebrew and Greek as best they could. This is a great version to read, NASB. Uh, but it says, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood. There's that word, royal again. Everybody say royal. royal. A holy nation, a people for God's own possession. 
Wow. So that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into marvelous light. Now we stop there in the King James Version. But we're going to keep going in the NASB. For you were once, for you once were not a people, but now you are the what? People of who? God. You had not received mercy, but now you have what? Received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers. He's telling us that we don't belong on this earth. I urge you as aliens and strangers to abstain from fleshly lusts which wage war against the soul. Keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles so that in this, in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, they may because of your good deeds as they observe them glorify God in the day of visitation. Man, this is going to be so powerful today. Are you ready? Poke your neighbor and say, hang on to your bootstraps. And by the way, I can't get into it right now, but we very well may have a place that we can go back pretty much to where we were and back to a normal Sunday morning hour. So just be praying about that. Hopefully that door will open very, very quickly. So uh, with that said, let's pray. Father, thank you so very much for your word. Thank you, Father God, for your awesome presence. And I thank you, Jesus, that the name of Jesus is greater than anything we will ever face. And I pray, God, you sink into us just how awesome it is that we are king's kids. God, anoint me to speak forth your word, not in word and tongue only, but also in power and in deed. Father, let this thing explode in us and let us understand who we are in God's kingdom. And so we'll give you the glory and the honor and the praise for these things. And everybody said... Amen. Hold your Bibles up and let's boldly declare, Father, today, this week, by your grace, I'm going to be a doer of your word and not a hearer only, deceiving my own self. Now, Lord, anoint my ears, anoint my heart, anoint my spirit, my soul, my mind, and my body to receive the truth of your word. In Christ's name I pray. Amen, amen. If they got a green bracelet, high-five them. If they don't, air high-five them. Yeah. I have a question. Do you see yourself as riffraff or royalty? When you look in the mirror, what do you see? Do you like what you see? What words do you speak over yourself when you look in the mirror? According to the UH, UN, excuse me, HCR, there are roughly, it's an organization that counts up somehow or another refugees in the world. At the end of 2019, there were 26 million refugees in the world. In addition, there are 45.7 million internationally displaced people. I don't know how they decipher the difference between internationally displaced people and refugees, but they somehow have. And 4.2 million asylum seekers, which means that there are roughly 76 million refugees out in the world today. Now, the population of the United States is roughly 350 million, so you figure about half, excuse me, about a quarter of the whole population of the United States is refugees in the world today. Now, in 2020, we're quite familiar with what refugees are, and I want you to understand something. When Simon Peter wrote this, when he wrote that we're a royal priesthood, we're a holy nation, when he wrote these things, I want you to catch this, he was writing to refugees, Why would he say the things that he was saying? He was saying them because he was writing 
to refugees. You say, man, what are you talking about? He was writing to refugees in the first century AD because the mostly Jewish followers of Christ who were reading this letter, who were reading what we call the first Peter book, it was really a letter, were, was, was scattered throughout the Roman Empire. They faced harassment from the Roman government and local synagogue leaders. Everywhere they turned, they had problems. They were refugees. Everybody say refugees. In fact, the entire society turned against them. Whether it was Pharisees, whether it was the people, whether it was governments, whatever it was, they were suffering as persecuted refugees. And you pick this up when the passage calls them in King James Version, sojourners or exiles or correctly translated in the NASB, strangers and aliens. He is writing to a group of people that have been displaced, that are out there kind of on their own. The Greek words here imply that they are foreigners, people without citizenship, people without power, and people with no protection. They were refugees, completely despised, completely overlooked, completely taken advantage of as so many refugees today. The people doubted their significance, they, they doubted their worth, and they were without hope. It was to a group of people like this that Simon Peter, led by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and God Almighty, penned the words that said, you are a chosen race of people. You are a royal priesthood. Can you imagine how unthinkable that was to these people living like aliens in a foreign land that everywhere they turned, it seemed like the whole world was against them. Why did he do that? Well, one is... Our citizenship is not here. We know that according to Philippians 3.20, our citizenship is in heaven. Missionary Henry Morrison and his wife were returning from New York to New York from Africa after a long missions trip. When the ship pulled into port, there were people all everywhere. And he looked at his wife and he said, look, honey, they haven't forgotten about us after all. But unbeknownst to him, Teddy Roosevelt was on the same ship. And he had just come from a big African game hunt and they had... Uh, reporters out there and they had the red carpet rolled out and they had screaming fans and they were waiting to interview the president on how his big game hunt trip went when they dispersed with all that everybody left and there was the missionary and his wife left unnoticed and all alone he looked at his wife and he said well that's some homecoming isn't it baby to which before she could respond God said well you're not home yet (laughs) I want to tell you something folks This is not our home. And how many of you are glad this is not our home? How many of you are glad we have another home? You see, these early Christians needed encouragement as they struggled to stand strong in a world where most of them lacked citizenship, recognition, respect, privileges. They were lower than dirt in this society everywhere they turned. The Jews were against them. The Romans were against them. Everybody didn't want to hear about this God named Jesus. And just like you and I, folks, we need to know who we are in Christ. So I have a few points this morning. Are you ready? Point number one is this. You are chosen. Some of you don't realize the power of that. Chosen means select. It means favorite. It means picked out. It means elect. Look, I was a pretty good athlete growing up, so we played a lot of pickup basketball, a lot of pickup baseball, a lot of pickup football, and I was always usually one of the first kids to get chosen. Uh, worst case scenario, somewhere around the middle of the pack. And I don't know what it is about, hey, man, I want Dallas on my team. I said, well, man, I'm coming. You got me. You know, It's the same thing we'll have with Holly. In college, she said, I want you on my team. I said, well, okay, I'm easy. You got me, baby. <laughs> 
I was chosen. Glory to God. Doesn't it feel good when you get chosen? Doesn't it feel good when you get picked? Listen, God picks all of us. You're all first round draft picked to God. You're all His favorite. You're all the one He wants on your team. Man, I'm preaching to somebody. We are not a bunch of rejects. We are not a bunch of refugees. I don't care what the liberal media calls us. I don't care what they say about believers in social media. We're not rejects. We're not retards. We're not refugees. None of that stuff. We are chosen by God. Woo! We are chosen, chosen before time began to be His people, His representatives, adopted into His family. John 15, 16 says it this way. You did not choose me, but I what? Chose you. Poke your neighbor and say, you were picked. And appointed that you would go and bear fruit. And that your fruit would remain so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, He may give it you. I love that. He said, you're a chosen, you're a picked out, you're an elected what? Generation. That means can or countrymen. Basically, we're His family. We are His sons and not slaves. Man, I want you to catch that. We are sons and not slaves. We are daughters, those of you that are girls. We are sons and daughters and not slaves. Do you believe this? The offspring of one common parent. Look, we're family. We are family brothers and sisters, but we're family with God. God's not just this guy that saved us and he's way up here and we're down here, although he is high and mighty and we're not. He is our family. He is our father. Jesus Christ is our brother. Can anybody catch this? We are family. I got all my sisters and me. Hey, hey, hey. We are family. Get up everybody and sing. Why is that good? We need to. That's a good thing. Why? Because we're family with God. When God found us and we turned our life to God, we were sons of darkness. Our father was the devil. But when we got born again, we got a new father. Heavenly Father, His name's Jehovah in the Old Testament. We got a Savior named Jesus. We are family with royalty. Somebody say, I'm royalty. Are you ready? I'm getting ready to go somewhere deep now. Number two, point number two is this. You are royalty. Poke your neighbor say, you are royalty. I love this. Do you know what the word royal means? I'm about to come unglued. Kingly. Regal. Let me just stop right there. Probably nobody in this room sees themselves as kingly and regal. But that's the way God sees you. How can I get us to understand? So I thought about this this week. How can I get, how can I use an example that would help us understand? Because we hear that we're king's kids. We hear we're royalty. We see the definition of the word royal means we're kingly. But do we really understand what that means? So here's the illustration we're going to use. We're going to use Prince William and Prince Harry. Because all of us are familiar with Prince William and Prince Harry over in England. And of course, Harry's back here now with his wife. But my point is, is that we're familiar with the whole story. We're familiar with Prince Charles and, and, and Princess Diana and the car wreck. Many of us are old enough for that. And you, you know that. And we know Prince William. Is there anybody here that doesn't know about Prince William and Prince Harry? Okay. Nobody. Okay, watch this. 
When I turn on the TV and I see Prince William and Prince Harry, I see them and I think, well, they're, you know, they're, they're born as king's kids. You know, their daddy Charles is going to become king when his mama dies. And, you know, I, they're just, it's, I, I understand the bloodline thing. I see their princes. I'll never be to where they are. No matter how much I tried, how good I was, I will never be born like they were to be king of England. But did you know that God sees you as his Prince William and Prince Harry? See, we've got to start seeing ourselves like God does. You look on the TV and you see Prince William and Prince Harry there. And they've inherited billions of dollars probably. Who knows? They, they have the authority to run the kingdom of England and, the, and, the, and, and the, everywhere that England touches. Well, I don't tell you something. You've got a greater daddy. You've got a greater king. You're a greater prince than they are. You're not hearing what I'm saying. I said you're a greater prince and a greater princess than William and Harry because your daddy is a greater king than their daddy. Man, I'm preaching to somebody. You need, you need to catch what I'm saying today. Are you ready? I'm about to come unglued here today. You see, they were groomed, watch this, from birth to occupy as heirs to the throne. They were brought up to be told, even as a two-year-old, you're a prince. You're a future king. Now, two-year-olds can't understand that, but it's important for them to know who they are. Never one time, I guarantee you, has William or Harry ever wondered if they're kings. Never wondered whether they were heirs to occupy the throne. Never wondered if they were princes. Never. They knew who they were. They were brought up to understand. From the earliest of days, they were taught royalties. Anybody hearing what I'm saying? They had tutors to teach them, watch this, who they were and how to act accordingly. Now, while Prince Charles and Princess Diana were bringing them up, they had, are you kidding me? They had nurses, they had people to help train, they had tutors to bring them up and a lot of different things. What would they teach them? They taught them certain posture. They taught them certain behavior. How a manner of speech that was expected of royalty. I'm preaching to somebody. And it does not develop automatically. They were brought up to, watch this, to match in their behaviors, their speech, their posture, into who they really were. From the day they were born, they were taught how to walk, talk, think, watch this, and behave like kings, not peasants. In the same way, folks, we've got to start learning how to think and how to act and how to talk and how to walk and how to behave like royal children, like we are king's kids. Here's the problem. You'll see it on the overhead. We have spent so long in the condition of the mentality of slaves in the kingdom of darkness that we automatically think and act like slaves even when we're in the kingdom of God. So we get saved and we come into the kingdom of God just like the prodigal son. We come back and say, well, I'm not your son. I'm your slave. And daddy's looking at us saying, well, you, you, uh, you, you were born again with my DNA. You kind of still look like my son. <laughs> If we're to rule the earth, if we're to do the things God has called us to do, we've got to be retrained in the behavior and the mindset of the kingdom of God. You don't have to tell William and Harry who they are. They know who they are. You don't have to tell them how to act like a king. They already know how to act like a king. Why is this important? I'm going somewhere with this. Just as Prince William and Prince Harry had tutors to teach them how to act like a king, guess what? We have a tutor to help us act and talk and walk and think like a king. 
Guess what? Our tutor is greater than their tutors. Our tutor is the Holy Spirit. I hope to shed good and different light on the idea of who the Holy Spirit is in our life. See, the Holy Spirit teaches us how to walk, how to talk, how to think, how to act like kings. Like king's kids. You see, royalty walks a certain way, so Prince William was taught how to walk like royalty. Uh, Royalty sits a certain way, so Prince William was taught how to sit that certain way that royalty does. Uh, Royalty, uh, they talk a certain way, so Prince William was taught how to talk like a king. His diction, his tone of voice, his manner of speaking were all carefully nurtured and polished. Watch this to match who he really was. He was taught to never raise his voice because royalty never has to shout. Why? Because the power of a king's voice or a prince's voice is not in its volume but in its authority of position. Boy, that's a good note to write down right there. I want to tell you something. We don't have to shout at the devil. We just need to know who we are in Christ Jesus and say thus far and no more. In the name of Jesus you're getting your hands off my kids. You're getting your hands off my belongings. You're getting your hands off our church. You get your hands off our nation in the name of Jesus the Christ of Nazareth. I am a king's kid and I'm pulling rank on you. You ain't nothing but an unemployed angel. I am a king's kid. Woo! That's not to get cocky and arrogant. It's to know who we are. When we first became believers, we received a new spiritual birth from Jesus Christ. But just like when Prince Charles and Princess Diana, when they had their babies, William and Harry, they turned them over to tutors to kind of teach them and help them. Guess what? The minute you became born again in the kingdom of God, guess what? Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. So what did he do? He turned you and I over to a heavenly, or excuse me, an earthly tutor by the name of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit trains us. He brings us, he begins the process to change our mentality and bring us up as king's kids. Man, I'm going somewhere. Our faith is based on Jesus Christ and his finished work. No doubt about it. But he relates to us on earth through the person of the Holy Spirit. And he has left the Holy Spirit on earth to teach us. So having said that, having looked through the lens as the Holy Spirit is our tutor... Here to teach us how to act like king's kids. I want you to look at these familiar scriptures if you've been in a Pentecostal church along at all with a new lens. You ready? Look at this. John 14, 16 through 17. I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper. You could put another tutor. That he may be with you forever. We got a tutor who will never leave us. That is the spirit of what? What's he going to teach us? Truth. Whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. How can it receive his spirit when it doesn't belong to him? But you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. Do you know what conviction really is? Conviction when we do something wrong is the Holy Spirit, our tutor, saying, Hey, uh, kings don't talk that way. You know what conviction is? Conviction is, hey, uh, excuse me, eh, kings don't think that way. Kings don't behave that way. Kings don't have those kind of motives. That's what conviction is. It is our tutor telling us, hey, that's the wrong way. Is anybody catching this? 
John 14, 26, watch this. But the helper or tutor, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you what? All things, he'll teach you how to behave like a king's kid and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. Boy, I'm loving this. John 16, 13. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you, he will tutor you into all what? Truth. Three times right there he says, he's going to lead us to the truth. The facts say that your kids have gone crazy, but the truth says you and your household will be saved. The facts say the doctors say you're sick and it's not looking good. The truth says you're healed and made whole. Man, I'm preaching to somebody. Matter of fact, he said you're not just are healed. Peter said you were healed. Look, man, we got to get out of the facts-based things and start seeing things like king's kids. Because king's kids have the authority to change circumstances. He will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak and will disclose to you what has come. We need a tutor like the Holy Spirit. Watch this, because our minds and thinking are corrupt. And it takes a while to grasp and believe the truth about who we really are in Christ. We are royal children of God. We have spent our entire lives, some of us, in the kingdom of darkness as slaves. Our thoughts and behaviors don't change overnight. That's why reading the Word, studying the Word, praying, worshiping, getting in the presence of the King is so necessary because it changes our thinking, which changes our behaviors. Prince William and Harry were taught how to walk, talk, sit, stand, and eat in a manner consistent. Watch this with who they really are. Their every action, their gesture, their mannerisms were designed to display authority. Boy, I love that. And one of the things the Holy Spirit teaches us is how to stand in authority when things are not going well in our lives. How to stand in authority no matter what troubles or difficulties come into our life. How to stand in authority when sickness comes. How to stand in authority when bad doctor's reports come. How to stand in authority when you have family and friend problems. How to stand in authority when the devil is attacking every area of your life. Listen, he's not the one with authority. You are. That'd be like the peasant crying, trying, coming and trying to ransack and terrorize you as the king's kid. Listen, at some point the king's kid needs to rise up and say, hey, you ain't nothing but a peasant. Listen, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to the devil, but he is the one that Isaiah wrote about that said, is this the one? This, 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 this is the guy that terrorized the nations? He wants you to not believe who you really are. As royal children, we take, we, take, we take charge because with God's power, we can't lose. It's interesting to me. Watch this. Did you have two brothers, William and Harry, both brought up as kings, both brought up as heirs to the throne, both raised to conduct themselves in a manner consistent with who they really are. One brother is walking in that, watch this, and the other one is running from it for all his life. You have one brother, William, who understands his role. He understands who he is. He understands his God-given birth position, and he's walking in it. You have another brother that is running for dear life away from it. And you know what? Him and his wife were born, watch this, to be kings and a king's wife. And they're running to do Netflix show like the Kardashians. That's the latest they're doing. They get a multi-million dollar contract to put on a show like the Kardashians. That is not who he was created to be. Prince Harry, watch this. There are some in the church who are running 
from who they were created to be because they think it's more fun on the outside of the kingdom than the inside. Right now, Harry thinks it's better on the outside world than being in the kingdom. And that is a great image of what's going on in the church today. One brother serving God, the other one like the prodigal son is running for dear life. Prince Harry, watch this, will never be satisfied deep down inside. Watch this. Because opposite of us, He is fighting the opposite battle that you and I are fighting. He was brought up to understand who he is as a king's kid. Understand his royalty. And he is trying with everything in him to run for his life. And that creates an inner struggle and an inner war. And guess what? Just like Prince Harry, there are people that once were in love with Jesus. They were in love. I'm talking to somebody watching online right now. You once were loving Jesus. You once were on fire for Jesus. And now you're out in the world. You have abandoned your Bible. You have abandoned your relationship with him and you're miserable and the reason you're miserable is you're running from who God called you to be listen you may have been born in the kingdom of darkness you may have been born in slavery but you're born again in the kingdom of God you're born again of royalty you're born again as a child of God and when we don't live for God it causes an inner stress and war within us and we'll never be satisfied Prince Harry will never be happy in the role in which he's doing. He will continue to search because it is not consistent with who he was brought up to be. And we are king's kids. And until we live for the king, we will never be at peace within ourselves. Man, I'm preaching to somebody. That's why, prodigal son and daughter, you need to come home. Hallelujah. He said, you're a royal, royal, you're a kingly priesthood. Everybody shout priesthood. Priesthood here is office of a priest. It's a sacerdotal order. It's a priestly fraternity. Here, here's where this comes. Revelation 1, 5 through 6. Here's what Jesus said. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us and released us from our sins by his blood. Glory to God. And he made us to be, interesting, a kingdom. Jesus Christ made us to be What? A kingdom. Is anybody hearing this? Priest to his God and Father. To him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. The Old Testament priests would offer sacrifices in the behalf of other uh, of sin. And they would speak for God. Well, Jesus Christ was the sacrifice for our sins. But we're still speaking for God. Did you know this was God's original intent? Exodus 19, 6, watch this. And you shall be to me, to who God, a what? A, a what? I don't see anywhere it says, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I'm just, I praise God, I'm just going to get in the side door of heaven, I'll be happy. No, when you're born again in the kingdom of God, you are a kingdom of priests. You have become a priest for him. These are the words that you shall speak to the sons of Israel. Isaiah even said in verse 6 of 60, Isaiah 61, 6, You will be called priests of the Lord, ministers of our God. 1 Peter 2, 5, You also, like living stones, watch this, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. To be a what? Holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Glory to God. As priests, we speak for God and we tell everybody, guess what? You can be part of the kingdom of God too. Dale and I were talking this week in the office. He reminded me of a great illustration Robert Morris used. And When we talk about witnessing and speaking for God, here's what he said. He said, how many of you would go home... And you're pulling in your driveway and you see your neighbor's house on fire and look and think, well, somebody else will call 911. 
Somebody else will deal with it. You just keep driving in your driveway, pulling your garage, shut the garage door, go in and turn the TV on. Nobody. He said, but every day, you'll go home, pull in your driveway, and your neighbor's house may not be on fire, but they are. What are you doing about it? Every one of us would call 911. Some of us would run in their burning house and see if anybody's in there to try to rescue them. But there are people dying and going to hell all around us. What are we doing? See, point number three, you are holy. Everybody say holy. Holy means morally blameless, sacred, pure, and consecrated. Former quarterback of the Washington Redskins and and ESPN announcer Joe Theismann. I remember Joe Theismann. Uh, when he was getting divorced from his second wife, when she asked him about his affair, he gave this as a reason. Because God wants Joe Theismann to be happy. No, God never wants you to be happy when it's calling, it comes from sin. Amen? That's a mistaken understanding of the scriptures. 1 Peter 1, 5 through 15 through 16 says this. But like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves. Everybody say, be holy yourselves. Also in your behavior, because it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. Why are we holy? Because our daddy's holy. We're king's kids and we must emulate who he is. Man, I'm preaching to somebody. What does this mean? It means that our lifestyles and our character should reflect the character of God. God calls us to be a nation set apart for him. What does holiness look like today? Listen, holiness is not a woman wearing a dress down to her ankles and a hair way up high in a beehive and long sleeves so nobody can see your skin because you can dress that way and still have a spirit of adultery up to your eyeballs. Holiness is not, you better not wear jewelry and you better not put on makeup and all this other stuff. Holiness is living like Jesus lived. Holiness today may mean uh, eliminating some contacts in your phone and excommunicating some bad relationships. I'm going to preach. Holiness today may be cutting off some social media stuff. It may be turn off Netflix and some movie channels. Now I'm preaching. Listen, it may be some stuff that we need to get the junk out so that junk don't keep junk from coming in so junk don't keep coming out. Why? Because you're a king's kid. And kings don't act that way. Man, I'm preaching. John Brown said it this way. Holiness does not consist in mystic speculations, enthusiastic fervors, or uncommanded austerities. It consists in thinking as God thinks and willing as God wills. Did you know in the forest of northern Europe and northern Asia, there is a little creature called an ermine. You all look this up. It's fascinating. And the ermine is basically the weasel family. It's, it's a weasel. And it has a snow white coat that it will do anything to keep from getting soiled. So fur hunters know this and they use it to their advantage. So what they do is instead of trapping these little animals, what they do is they find their home, which is usually in the cleft of a rock or in the hollow of a tree, and they smear grime on the exterior and interior, and then they set the dogs loose. When the dogs chase the ermine, the ermines get afraid. They run to their home, but because they see grime and filth on the outside and grime and filth on the inside, they will not go in, and they'll get trapped by the dogs and captured while preserving their purity. Watch this. For the ermine, purity is more precious than life. The ermine understands 
a God-given thing that it's been given to maintain its purity. Point number four is this in closing. You're a prized possession. Man, poke your neighbor and say you're a prized possession. That's what peculiar means. Peculiar doesn't mean you're an oddball. (laughs) It means acquisition, possession, obtaining one's own property or preservation. We are his purchased people. But you know what God is saying? He's saying the people that I found for myself, they're my very own. Did you know we get special treatment as his kids? How many of you like it when people accept you and love you in a unique way? Ephesians 2.19 says this, So then you are no longer strangers, watch this, and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of whose household? You, because I'm looking at some Prince Williams and Prince Harrys and some Princess Di- I'm, I'm looking at princes and princesses today. We are God's special possession, His prized possession. 1 Peter 1.18-19 says, For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver and gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. Peculiar means you're a people who belong to Him and no other. Watch the statement on the overhead. We are not special because of who we are, but because of the one we belong to. I got a little video I'm going to show you here in just a second, but I want to, show, I want to tell you something. Why is it important for us to understand that we are King's kids? Because of authority. He said, I give you authority to trample on serpents. I give you authority over the power of the devil. I give you authority to walk in victory. Woo! I give you authority over sickness. I give you authority over your kids running for dear life away from God. I give you authority over everything that comes against you. I give you authority over the devil. We are king's kids, which means we have the authority. We don't have to take it laying down. We get up and fight because we can't lose. Woo! Is anybody hearing this? He said we're a peculiar people. We belong to Him and Him alone. That means we can't be dating the world and married to Him at the same time. When I married Holly 25 years ago, I took serious that she was going to keep her vows and I was going to keep mine. No black books. No old girlfriends or boyfriends in the phone. Oh, no, no, we ain't doing that. You're mine. She looked at me yesterday. She said, I don't mind getting wrinkly and old as long as I can get old with you. I just, Let me just fall out right now. Elizabeth, this is the big one. Woo! Man, I'm coming after a comment like that. Glory to God. It was a great day. I'm still feasting on that. I'll have to remind her of that comment in one of these days when she gets mad at me. <laughs> but just as you wouldn't share your spouse with someone else, we belong to who? Short video and we're going to pray. So they taught you how to fold the napkins? Yes. Oh, wow. I actually, believe it or not, I know how to sew, fold the uh, Sydney Opera House. I don't believe you. No, no, I really do. I, I, I can totally show you. Stop. I'm very excited. Oh, good evening. Oh, good evening. Have you um, dined, dined with us before? Yes. Actually, this is our favorite restaurant. Welcome back. Oh, no, babe, I'm pretty sure we've never been here before. Oh, that's weird. Really? Oh. Yeah, no, no, we haven't. Hmm. Oh. 
Hold that thought just one second. I'm really sorry. Oh, no problem. Yeah. So what would you like to order this evening? Uh, yes, sir. So you know what? I think I would like to have that salmon. That, that sounds absolutely wonderful. That's one of my favorites. Oh, great. Yeah, I like that. And for you, ma'am? Oh, um, I will have the filet mignon and the New York strip and the eight ounce sirloin, all medium rare, please. Yes, fantastic. That is a great choice. <laughs> Thank you. I will get those right out to you. Babe, that's, that's kind of a lot of food, isn't it? <laughs> I'm not just ordering for one, you know. Wait, are you? Are you telling me that we're... Are we expecting? Yeah, he'll be here soon. It's a boy? Oh my... Yeah, of Oh my gosh, course. babe, okay, uh, this has got to be... There he is the... now. Wait, Hi. What? Oh, bonjour. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry I'm late. <laughs> I ordered for you. Oh, thank you, you know me so well. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm sorry, do you, do, do you two know each other? Do you yeah, guys... he is my boyfriend from high school. Your, your boyfriend from, from high school? Babe, can I ask you what your old boyfriend's doing? <laughs> uh, did I come at a bad time? No! Yeah. I really don't see the problem here, Justin. Yeah, I really don't see the problem here. Okay, who are you? Honey, stop, you're embarrassing me. I just wanted us to have one nice night at our favorite restaurant. Okay, first of all, I've never been to this restaurant. And, and second, what is going on? Hey, babe, sorry I'm late. Did I miss anything? Okay, seriously? Hey, you, uh, you, you take your hand off her and you, what is going on? Just sit down. It's all right. It's all right. Angela, is this is this some kind of joke? Are you are you actually seeing these guys? Justin, I've known these guys longer than I've known you. Wait, what? Are you seriously jealous right now? Jealous, Angela. In case you forgot, we're married. Okay, and we spend the majority of our time together. I'm, I love you more than any of my other boyfriends. That's why you'll always be my favorite. Your, your favorite? Is, is there anyone else I need to know about? Babe, is there a problem over here? Okay, really, the waiter? No, Dennis, we're All fine. All right, seriously, no. Good, food will be right now. Oh, okay, hey, Angela, Angela, all right. These guys need to go, and we need to talk. We're done. I cannot believe this. You are being so selfish. Selfish? Why do you always have to make everything about you? You ruined our favorite restaurant. <sighs> Excuse me. I'm sorry. Yeah, I've, I've still never been to this restaurant. Thank you, thank you, Dennis. The salmon is delightful. So, did you propose to her here too? Okay. As ridiculous as that is, you are king's kids. And when you flirt with the world in the eyes of God, what you just saw there is no different to God than what you just saw right there. Do you only belong 
to God. Jeremiah uses the word backslider 13 times. He basically says, the nation of Israel, you've gone back to what you just saw. Man, I don't know who this video was for. I'd like for you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I'd like, to, I'd like for you to pray and just ask. There's a lot thrown at you today. Just ask the Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me? God, what are you trying to tell me? Is it that I'm a king's kid? Because I feel like some that are in here, you need to understand who you are as a king's kid. And there's some things the devil's doing in your life, in your home, you need to take authority over it. There's others in here, I feel like God is saying, hey, how long are you going to go between two different opinions? How long are you going to go between two different Ways. When are you going to finally be married to me? Listen, Jesus is coming back for a bride, not a girlfriend. Girlfriends get left behind. Brides go with him. If you're hearing the sound of my voice, just pray. God, what are you trying to say to me today? Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me today through this message? If you're listening online and you say, I need to give my, I need to be married to Christ. I need to give my life to him. Then here's what I want you to do. I just want you to type in the word believe in the comments and we'll reach out to you. In fact, there'll be a number coming up here in a little bit that'll show you that. If you're in the sound of my voice and you say, I need to be married to Jesus Christ. I need to know who I am as a king's kid. I can't be messing around anymore. I want you to slip your hand up and I want you to hold it up high. I want to pray with you. Is there anybody? I just be, be proud. Man, I want to be. Look, I was proud when my bride came down the aisle. I said, yes, I want to be married to her. Yes, I want the whole world to know. And she did the same thing. Are you in here? Is there anybody? Nobody looking around. I'm here. I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. Is there anybody? Raise your hand up. I want to pray with you if that's you. Is there anybody? Oh, maybe you're online. Heavenly Father, I pray for those that, God, we would all become married to you, that we would sell the world out for you, that we would give up peasantry for kingship, God. We would give up God being out there in the world, starving to death and looking for the next thing, and we're going to come to you. And I pray, Father, right now, I feel like there's some folks you need to know who you are as a king's kid, and I want to pray with you. If you're in here and you say, man, I, I, I've never seen myself like Prince William and Prince Harry in the kingdom of God, and I need to know that because I have authority, and I need the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit in my life as my tutor. Look, he's not, he's not something you add on like a luxury item. He is our tutor to help us live this life on earth. You're in here and you say, I need some help. I need you to pray with me as a king's kid, hold your hands up right now. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to pray for you. Glory to God. Glory to God. I see that hand. Is there anybody else? Amen. Well, I preached this whole message for one person. Maybe I needed to go to a different congregation today. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for the one who needs to understand who they are as king's kid. And for anybody else that maybe didn't raise their hand, God, give authority. God, I pray in Jesus' name. Let us as a congregation, Father, rise up and know who we are as a royal priesthood, as kingly people, Father God. Help us, God, to walk in that authority. Help us to walk in that power 
that you've given us. And I pray, God, you fill every one of us with the Holy Spirit from the crown of our head to the soles of our feet in the name of Jesus. And while some of us may understand that we are children of God, I pray you help us this week to walk like it, to talk like it, to act like it, to think like it in the name of Jesus. Everybody shouted amen.